0: I want to say welcome everybody to church one more time and welcome everybody online. And if you're here at the Apple Valley campus, can we just welcome the people that are watching around the world? We love you. Our missionaries who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, we love you. Uh, we are with you and we're glad that you are with us now. In just a moment, I've got the opportunity to preach and we're going to the book of John, John chapter one. And so if you have your Bibles or your phone and a Bible app on your phone, you can go there now. But I want you to know uh, Uh, There's big stuff coming ahead. Did you know that we are doing Easter again? All right. So as a church, we still this year, 2023, we still believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, if it's not on your calendar, I want you to know that we will be open to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ to your family, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to the people in your life that need Jesus in their life. Do not miss. We've got Good Friday on that. Good Friday, right before Easter. We've got over 32 services across the Twin Cities, and we want to reach the Twin Cities for Jesus. And so it's a reminder, if you're not thinking about serving a service sitting a service, going to all of them, inviting your entire neighborhood. I know here at the Apple Valley campus where I live, this is our home campus, we received in the mail a mailer inviting. That means it didn't just come to my home. It came next door and the door down and the door down. And it's my opportunity to get out and invite. Hey, did you see that mailer that came? I attend that church. I would love to bring you, invite you to River Valley on Easter. It's an encouragement to get out there, Because we got to reach people for Jesus, and we'll see you on Easter. Everybody all good? Pastor Rob, this weekend, was uh, teaching at our district, Assemblies of God, Men's Advance. And it was an amazing time with over 1,100 men worshiping the name of Jesus up at our Lake Geneva Christian camp. And he'll be back preaching next weekend. We're going to go to John chapter 1. And this is really what we're talking about this weekend is the family of God. And what we're about to read is this shift that was taking place in the family of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from before Christ to now Jesus Christ is coming. There was a shift of what it meant to be a part of the family of God. And spoiler alert, the church, those who are in Christ, you are the family of God. It is not like family. It is family, completely, holy, 100%, purely, as family as family can be. And God is the one who instituted both the church and the family. So let's read John chapter 1, verses 9 through 13 together. And then we're going to jump over to John chapter 14, verse 6. Everybody good? Take a deep breath. Here we go. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, he is Jesus. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, the people of God, the family of God, Old Testament, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John chapter 14, verse six. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Another way to say it is, I am the way into this family. The title of this message is, There is no family like the family of God. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that your presence is here now, here in this room, and here with everybody under the sound of my voice digitally around the world. Lord, you are here. And I thank you for those who are in Christ. We have been adopted and grafted into your family. And there's no family like this family. And over these next few moments, I pray what would build within us is a gratitude that you have chosen us. You have blessed us. You've given us a job and a purpose and meaning in this life. You have accepted us, not like family, not like sons and daughters, but as sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you for the gift of family. And even just while we're praying, I just feel led in my spirit that there are people here when families brought up, the family that they were brought up in was not enjoyable. And there's these phrases that even this week in prayer, just thinking of the phrase, "It, it runs in the family. It runs in the family. There's people listening right now thinking, cancer runs in the family. Alcoholism runs in the family. Divorce runs in the family. Abuse runs in the family. Mental issues run in the family. Lord, I pray for those people right now that they would get a fresh revelation that they are or they can be today, right now, grafted and adopted into the family of God. So now what runs in the family is perfection, is forgiveness, is grace, is blessing beyond our wildest imagination, is the peace of God. There's a new grafting into the family through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, touch each and every person in need. Let them know that they can be a part of this family today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Uh, If you're like me and if you're like most families, you've got a little bit of family uniqueness, right? Let's just raise our hand. Think about it for a second. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, Raise your hand if you've got some family uniqueness, like like there's a little bit of uniqueness going on in your family, and uh, you know, you might have a goofy relative, you might not enjoy your siblings all the time, you might might have a weirdo in the family, if you don't, it's probably you. Um, We've got uniqueness in our family, and uh, my wife and I were raising these four kids, and A unique thing that we do with our daughters is, uh, so this is family uniqueness, is before going to bed, we say, we recite, I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm brave, I'll fear no evil for the Lord God is with me. Jesus loves me, I love Jesus. I'm a leader, I'm a Graham and Grahams love people. And then every night before the boys go to bed, we got two boys, they just turned two today as I'm speaking. Two years old, praise God. I pray over these boys. And I say, in Jesus' name, amen. And both boys go, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Got some family uniqueness. Our youngest son, his name is Roger David, named after his grandfathers, Grandpa Raj and Grandpa Dave. And Dave was a pig farmer. Had some uniqueness, you know, not everybody's a pig farmer. And uh, he he died early of cancer, uh, but... Until the day he died, he was leading a young boy's uh, Sunday school class. It runs in the family, like family uniqueness, like this is who I wanna be. I wanna be somebody that's given my life to ministry. Grandpa Raj, he uh, had some family uniqueness in that um, he taught us boys, so he wasn't doing Sunday school class, but he taught us boys every time you drink a Coke, shake a leg. And so, just before this service with Ace and Roger, they drank their little juice boxes before going to kids' service, and they all shook a leg. Get it down to the toes, you know. You gotta soak the coke in, you know, soak the juice box in. And got, got some family uniqueness. And I'm saying that to say you have some family uniqueness. There's things that are happening in your family, different personalities, different gifts. But I want you to know, as we talk about the family of God, it is the most unique family that's out there. It is different than any other family, any other design, any other togetherness. We live differently as the family of God, as the church of Jesus Christ. Nobody lives like us. Nobody talks like us. Nobody thinks like us. Nobody acts like us. There is no family like the family of God. And so I I, want to quickly just reverse and talk uh, just the definition of what is family of God, starting in the Old Testament. How, How do we identify what is the family of God and what is the identity of the family of God? Want you to know the identity is that the family of God is chosen and blessed. In Genesis chapter 12, one through three says this, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. This was the family of God forming and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's why we sing the old song, Father Abraham. I'm not gonna sing. It now, but he was the father, the original God, God, the father said, you're going to be the father of a great nation. And those who bless you will be blessed. You will be multiplied across the earth. He's father Abraham. And he actually fathered Isaac. And then Jacob uh, was next, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God and his name was changed to Israel. And that then from uh, Israel came the 12 tribes, and that the 12 tribes were the family of God. So this is just a little Bible study, a little history. There's a lot of people new in church listening, like, how how does this work? That's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, also known as Israel, then the 12 tribes, it's the family of God. They go on this journey, they were in the promised land, they went into exile, into Egypt, and then they were delivered from Egypt, and they eventually made it back to the promised land. Man, I'm fast-forwarding through the Old Testament. But what we read in John is that there was a shift of what was the family. No longer is it just Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then all of the descendants know now the family of God will be identified through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And those that give their life to Him are now adopted and grafted in to the family of God. Everybody gets in on it. The identity was chosen and blessed, and now we as the New Testament church First Peter two, nine through 12 says this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim his excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We get in on this. Once you were not a people. You You weren't even a people. You weren't a nation. You weren't a group. You weren't a club. You were not. You were other. You were separate. You were alone. You were isolated. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy but now you've received mercy. Somebody needs to hear. You feel isolated and alone, but you can be a part of God's people. You've not experienced mercy. Why can't I catch a break? I'm striving and I'm working and I'm, I'm trying. I'm giving my, I can't catch a break. I need, I need mercy. And in the family of God, you find mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. We live different in this family which wage war against your soul. The passions of our flesh are waging war against our soul. That's a whole nother sermon. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The identity, you're chosen and you are blessed to be a blessing. It's the identity of the family of God. So what's now the purpose? We're just going on this journey. And eventually we're gonna land at what does what the family of God live like? What, it, what should it be like to be a part of this family? And as you're listening to this from the word of God, you should be self-identifying. Is this what my family looks like? Is this what my family feels like? What is the identity of your family, father, mother, husband, wife, What's the identity? Are you, the people in your family say, I'm chosen. I'm blessed in this family. You should be asking that, but also in the family of God. Is this your experience? Do you feel and know because of what the word of God says? I have been chosen by God. He chose me to be a part of this family. I am blessed to be a part of this, a part of this family. Do you feel that? Do you know that inherently? So what's the purpose? The purpose is that we would glorify God and that we would be salt and light to this world. Matthew five thirteen through 16 says this, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Our identity is that we're chosen and that we are blessed in the family of God and our purpose is that we would glorify the name of Jesus and we would be salt and light to this world. So we have identity, we have our purpose, that's good, but you can have an identity, you can have a purpose and build it on the wrong foundation and it can fall. And it can crumble. So what is the foundation of the family of God? And again, we're gonna get to what should it look like? What should it feel like? How do we live different than this? This world knows nothing about living this way like the family of God. But what's the foundation of the church? What's the foundation of the family of God? Ephesians two eighteen through 22. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens. Actually, because of that, now we're aliens in this world. This world is not our home. We're not staying here. We're not going to be here forever. We got a place to go to, and it is going to be awesome. You're no longer strangers apart from God, but as you're grafted into the family of God, now we're strangers and aliens here in this world. Our family has changed. It says this You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, but on the foundation, On the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together in a dwelling place for God by the spirit. Long story short, Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the foundation of the family of God and so is his word. John chapter one, what we didn't read is Jesus is the word. And so Jesus is the foundation. The word is the foundation. And also, read in Acts chapter two, we'll get there. The the Holy Spirit is the foundation. It's what fortifies it, what strengthens. Man, I'm I'm in with Jesus. Jesus gets me in the family because of what he did on my behalf. I'm in the family of God. And now how do I live my life? I look at the word. He is the word. I'm going to follow what the word says. It's the authority by which our lives are governed. People are living their lives governed by their feelings and their passions and their flesh and by influences that are ungodly and out there. And there's an attack on what is the family and what is the family of God, institutions that God made, But I can tell you that we stand on a firm foundation. There is no rock. There is no God like our God. We stand on Jesus Christ. We stand on the word of God. It's what we will preach. It's what we will meditate on. It's what we'll think about. It's how we'll talk. We're going to speak the truth in love. We're going to live differently than this world and full of the Holy Spirit. He helps us live it out. It's the foundation. So now... The reason we're here 2,000 years after Christ is because this institution, the family of God, which is the church, it is indestructible. It is able to withstand any war, any attack, any storm, anything that could ever come up against it, I want you to know in today's world, in today's culture, oh no, what does it mean for the church? The church grows faster in persecuted areas, in persecuted countries. So when you think, oh no, what's culture doing? Where are we going? What's happening in our state? Oh my goodness, what's gonna happen to the church? I want to you to know Jesus is building his church, it's indestructible, it's going nowhere, it's probably going to grow faster because God said eternity in the hearts of man and this church will grow. We're going to reach people. I believe it. I am hopeful for the future of the family of God even in challenging times. Identity, purpose, and foundation. So now here's a, here's a selling point if, if you haven't had one already. What are the, what are the benefits so just t- like, hey, that's all good, cool. Like, like what's the benefit? Like, like what, what do I get out of this? Natural question for somebody not in the family of God. All right, it's all good. You can ask that question. There are benefits. Well, I want you to know that being a part of the family of God, there's a guaranteed inheritance. Have you ever seen somebody, uh, maybe heard a story Hey, they they received a large inheritance. Must be nice. Must be nice. Sick of this. Everybody else is getting an inheritance. Must be nice. When you say I want to be a part of the family of God, you have a guaranteed inheritance. It's guaranteed. The Father tells you about it in His Word. How awesome! Our heavenly father tells us we've got an inheritance. We are now heirs. Oh man, this, this, we could be here all night. <laughs> Let me read the scripture first. Galatians 3, 25 through 29. But now that faith has come, so we're part of the family of God, we, we, we're no longer under the guardian. The guardian was the law. So, so it's, not, it's not the Old Testament family of God. We're no longer under that guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So Everybody has access to this. Everybody can be grafted and adopted and chosen and blessed. Man, it makes me emotional thinking about the blessing that it is, the benefit that it is to be a part of this family. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's No male and female. Another way to say it is now it's not just for the Jews. It's not just for the free. It's not just for the men culturally in that time. Not just the men that get to access the presence of God. No, the Jew and the Gentile get in. The slave and the free get in. The men and the women get in. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. You're all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Heir is a title. It's a title and a symbol of complete acceptance. Listen to this. There, just, we're going to just hang here for a second. There's people listening right now that you know this. You've been taught this. And you, you, you know that when, when Christ died, the veil was torn in the temple, the Holy of Holies. Now, it, it was a symbol that the Holy Spirit is leaving the Holy of Holies and entering the hearts of humanity. That's good. So as a Christ follower, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me. But there are some times, maybe there's people here, you're living it right now. It feels like I know, the, I know that veil has been torn. But I feel like there's a veil within me that keeps me from being sensitive to the presence, the closeness, the intimacy, the relationship. Like I I, want to be closer, but I feel like there's still a veil. You need to know you have been fully accepted. Fully like he chose you. He, he, he wants you in this family. You are not, I have an adopted brother. He's not like my brother. He's my brother. You're not like, like, like a church person now. No, you're a son or a daughter of God. And I, like, I, just fe- I feel so deeply to speak to somebody's like spirit man. Come alive and come awake. Wake up you have been chosen to be a part of the family of God. I'm calling somebody up and out right now to open your spiritual eyes, to to realize and to feel closer to God again. We're just pausing the sermon just to say, there's people here that go, I know this but I feel far from God. I don't feel like I'm one of the family. I don't, I can't hear his voice. I can't sense him. I can't feel him. And I want you to know that right now as I Speak to your spirit, the real eternal part of who you are. I'm praying that you would feel the presence of God. You're chosen, that you are an heir. There's a guaranteed inheritance coming to you. What is it? Eternity in heaven. Eternity, I don't have to go to hell. I'm not going to burn in a lake of fire. I'm not going to be forever separate from God. My guaranteed inheritance in the family of God is I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be in his presence. And like I said earlier, it's going to be awesome. We're going to explore for all eternity and be in awe, in awe of the greatness of our God. We're going to, some, some people think like, I'm just going to sit and sing all eternity. No, you're going to be in awe of his creation and his greatness. And you think there's good wonders on earth? Not, not a chance compared to what is to come. There's something coming and you need to know, man, I'm, I'm yelling, but I'm, I'm calling somebody awake and alive right now that you will feel the presence of God again. You will hear his voice again. You will hunger like you hungered at kids camp or youth camp again. It's gonna happen again. He is gonna draw you to himself like he does. It's who our God is. So what does this family live like as we close? What does it feel like? There's people, you you had a tough family upbringing. I can't I can't relate to family. I can't relate to God being my father. So when you say there's no family like the, I don't want family. I'm all good. And for those of you that are in Christ, you're in the family. It's challenging. What we're about to read, Acts chapter 2. The family of God lives differently. The challenge is if you are not living like this, then you're not living like the family lives. You're not living like God the Father directs. Like we live differently. When I drop my daughter off at school, she knows, look for lonely people. So what we do as a family. So if she doesn't do that, she's not living like the family. And there's a, there's, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, the family of God, we live different. Acts chapter two, 42 through 47. After they were filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues, the greater had finally come. Jesus said, I gotta go so that he who is greater can come, the Holy Spirit. Says this about the family of God, the church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, Breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we won't read it again, but just listen to that language and imagery. Can you just close your eyes? You're part of a family, those who are in Christ Jesus. And the Father teaches how we should live our life. It's an an institution, the family and the church, instituted by God. The Father's in charge. And he instructs his children. I want you to live a certain way. They were taught, which means they were, they were learning. Are you learning? Are you growing in your faith? Are you hungry to learn? It's like, it's like they were eager to learn more about who God is. They had fellowship, which is meaningful togetherness. Is that in your life? They were breaking bread, saying prayers, which means they were being filled Physically and spiritually. They were in awe. Are you in awe of who God is? Our heavenly father. They had all things in common, which means they were unified. They distributed as any had need, which means the family of God is cared for. If you're a part of this church, we want you cared for. We want your needs met physically, spiritually, emotionally. We want to care for needs. We want to care for you. Day by day, they were worshiping. Can't let a day go by without worshiping. That's what the family lives like. They hosted each other in their homes. Are you using your home the way God would want you to use your home? They had glad and generous hearts. There's a countenance on the faces of those who are in the family of God. There's constant praise and joy. The Bible says they had favor with people. The family of God has favor with people. And it ends saying the Lord added to their number day by day. This family will grow. This family should grow. This family must grow. Lives are on the line. Eternities are on the line. This family needs to grow. And why wouldn't we want everybody to be a part of this family? We know our identity. We know our purpose. We know the foundation. Nothing, nothing will destroy the family of God, the church of Jesus Christ. It is impenetrable. It is indestructible. It will last forever. The family of God. Lord, I thank you that we can be grafted in. I thank you that we are a part of the family of God. And I pray that we would live like you teach us, that we would live, live differently than this world, that we would give our entire life to you, which means everything, 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 not our Sunday mornings, not our church services, not our small, everything, 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 everything in our life is yours. So I pray that we would be on mission, urgent, urgent to add people to this family. I pray this in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen.